Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up with me to Acts chapter 3? I'm well aware of the time, and I'm going to have to just um, hit the high points, stand up, speak up, and then shut up, and then sit down. <laughs> but if there's anyone from Liberia, are you aware of what the average salary uh, would be in U.S. terms? Um, I did Google it. If anybody, uh, what I thought I came up with, uh, to the best of my ability, just kind of uh, researching it a little bit, was that $20 US would be equivalent to about a day's wage. So if you want to just extrapolate that or translate that to what you make in a day, so $20 would be significant. Might not sound like a lot. Uh, so we're going to bless as many uh, as we can, and for the conference, we are always go we are also going to be uh, providing a meal for all those that attend each day. So that's going to be an awesome blessing. Uh, when I think of discipleship, I think of uh, what Jesus said: go into all the world and disciple nations. And I see this as an opportunity for us as a church to make an impact. Uh, in the nation of Liberia. Uh, Pastor Zabay is an awesome man of God. Uh, he has just been elected to the assistant superintendent of the whole nation. And God is using him in powerful ways. And we go there just to be a blessing. Um, we are not going there uh, in a way that, that we're condescending in any way. We are going to link arms with mighty men and women of God who are already serving God and just to be a blessing to them. And you're going to be with us with your finances and with your prayers, and we take you in our hearts as we travel. Amen? So we're going to talk about the fourth principle in the life and ministry of Jesus as he trained his disciples, and the word is impartation. Uh, the study has been awesome. Each word is a powerful principle that we unpack on a Sunday morning, but also in our life groups. Our life groups, I don't know about yours, but ours have been great. I'm sure all of I've heard from all of the life group facilitators, but each one, there's been such great interaction and such great sharing. We're all learning, we're all growing together, and we're learning how to be a more fully devoted follower of Christ, but not only be a disciple, but be a disciple that makes disciples. Amen? It doesn't end with us. It's not just about us become fully devoted followers of Jesus, but through that, we are able to better disciple other people and to make disciples. Amen? Amen. So this morning, we are looking at the word, the principle in Jesus' life and ministry called impartation. It is to bestow a quality, to convey, to transmit, to pass on, or to confer. That is what impartation is, to transmit, to pass on a quality. I want to ask you this morning, what are some of the values, the characteristics, the qualities that come to mind that maybe have been passed on to you by parents, grandparents, maybe teachers, maybe pastors, maybe leaders in the church, something that um, has rubbed off on you? Just think about that for a moment. Maybe through your interaction, maybe through the, the continual contact, we might all be able to voice different qualities, different values, different characteristics, but maybe you might come up with gratefulness. Maybe you were brought up in an environment, maybe, maybe a teacher taught you that. Maybe positivity. 
maybe a passion for life. Maybe it's a, a servant's heart, a servanthood mentality. When we look at the life of Jesus, when we look at the Gospels primarily because we're studying Jesus' life as it is written in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see in a spiritual, biblical sense, impartation is the ability to give to others that which God has given to us. That's what impartation is when we look in the life of Jesus. Jesus imparted to his disciples certain qualities, certain characteristics, things that just rubbed off uh, from him unto them. And they began to walk in that, and they began to live that out, and, and we're going to see it in, in just one little glimpse in, in Acts chapter 3. So what are some of the things that Jesus did impart? What are some of the things that Jesus passed on or conferred to his disciples? Well, we, we look in the Gospels, and we see over and over again that Jesus passed on his love, his life, his passion, his heart for people. Because that's what it's all about. What are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love, you, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. And didn't we see Jesus just, just pass that on, just impart that to his disciples? But you know what? What I believe brought it all together. What, what made it all um, just flow together, what it, what, what, what really set it ablaze, what set it on fire was the Holy Spirit. Amen? In John chapter 20, verse 22, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples several times, and in this one instance, the Bible said he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that was an impartation of the Spirit of God in a measure. It was, it was sort of a deposit in, in that dispensation because the Holy Spirit had not been fully poured out. That was like the down payment. Uh, I'm glad this morning that, that we don't have to just get a little glimpse, a little taste, but that God wants to continually fill us with his Holy Spirit. And so in Acts chapter 1 Jesus meeting with his disciples before he ascended to heaven, before the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost being the birth of the church and being the day when God, when Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit on the, the disciples that were waiting in the upper room and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and, 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 and the powerful revival began. But Jesus said, before his ascension, he said, I want you to to wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You and I have that promise today, that the Holy Spirit will be with us and anoint us to be a witness, both locally and globally. 
So why is it so important? Why is the impartation of the Holy Spirit so important? Because the Holy Spirit is God's presence and power at work in the world in and through the church, through disciples. Jesus is not here, uh, obviously, in a physical sense. He is here through his spirit. You know, he told his disciples one thing when he was getting ready to leave the earth. He said, um, I'm going, I got some good news and I got some bad news for you. Well, he didn't put it in those terms. But the good news was Jesus said, I'm going back to my father and you should be joyful about that. But the bad news was, or so they thought, it wasn't really bad news. I'm going to leave you and I'm not going to be with you anymore. But that is actually to your advantage, he said. Now, initially, it shocked them. It shocked their sensibilities. Like, are you kidding me? Jesus, we want you to still be here. We want to walk with you and talk. We want to have you right here with us. But Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, now I can send my spirit. And my spirit will not be limited to one physical place like Jesus was on earth, but my spirit can be everywhere. My spirit can be in every disciple and every believer. Wherever the believers gather, the spirit of the Lord is there. The scriptures tell us very clearly, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? So... Jesus imparts his spirit to us, and his spirit is what is at work in us as you and I live out our faith in the world. Now let's look at Acts chapter 3 very quickly. Everyone say quickly. Everyone say real quickly. All right, don't rush me. Acts chapter 3. I want to read verses 1 to 9. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Now these are the two disciples of Jesus. Where are they going? They're going to church. They're going together. They're going at the hour of prayer. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 5, Peter, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Amen. My wife and I uh, were listening to a T.D. Jake's sermon uh, in our car in Florida uh, when we were away, and T.D. And, and, uh, Jakes, he just kept going on and on. Uh, what was he saying? Walking, leaping, praising God. He went on like just, just saying that for about 10 minutes, and the place went wild. I mean, I, I ought to try that. I don't know if I get the same response, but <laughs> walking, leaping, praising God, and he was shouting, and woo! <laughs> but... What a powerful, powerful encounter 
this man had. But, but the, just the thought I want to leave you with is, um, here are the, the two disciples of Jesus, Peter and John. They're going up together to the temple. You know, you know that this is the book of Acts. Now, this is after Jesus had uh, died and was buried and rose again, ascended into heaven. Holy Spirit comes on the church. Jesus is no longer on earth. He sends his spirit. And here we have uh, two disciples. Now, they had been following and learning and growing and maturing in their faith, just like you and I as disciples. But we see in the Gospels that they, they made mistakes. They fell short. They failed. And, you know, Peter would boast, I'll never deny you. And the next thing you know it, the rooster's crowing and Peter saying, I never knew him, and not only once, but three times. And, 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 and we know that, that when, when Jesus was apprehended in the Garden of Gethsemane, that the Bible says all of the disciples fled. They all fled in fear. But what amazes me now is that the power of the Holy Spirit is upon them. And brothers and sisters, the power of God's Spirit makes all the difference. I stand here this morning not in the power of my own flesh or my own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Believe you me. And, 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 and Paul said it this way. He said, our sufficiency is from God. Jesus said it this way. Without me, you can do nothing. Through the Holy Spirit, as his disciples, we are empowered to preach his word, to stand in an evil and adulterous generation, uh, to shine his light, uh, to make a difference. And that's what these disciples were about. But now, because the Holy Spirit has come upon them, they're no longer the same people that they once were. The Holy Spirit makes a difference in our life. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we won't fall short, make mistakes. But it does mean we'll have a power and a dynamic that is something that is special. So here they are. And, and, and they, they have received the power of God, the Holy Spirit's upon them. And, and, and I believe that everything they had learned, everything they had seen and heard and experienced was now quickened and set ablaze by the Holy Spirit. I'm praying that in 2022 that the Holy Spirit will set ablaze some of the things that have been laying dormant in your life. Some of the gifts, some of the experiences, some of the things that God has, has done in your life, some of the, 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 the prophetic words God has, has spoken over you that the Holy Spirit is going to set ablaze and is going to use for the glory of God. Amen? So, so here we see Peter and John, and, and I just want to look at verse 5 quickly. It says, Peter said to them, silver and gold I do not have. He pulled out his pockets. He said, all I got is some lint. That's all I got. And a few moths flew out. Silver and gold I have none. But such as I have, give I unto you. I believe that that's key right there. He said, such as I do have. In other words, what has been imparted to me, now I can impart to you. That's important to understand this morning. Because what Peter was saying was, in and of myself, I have nothing to offer you, but I, what I do have, I'm going to give to you. What has been imparted to me, I can now impart to you. You see, it's so, it's so important that we understand that we don't have anything to offer a lost and dying world 
again, in and of ourselves. But we have the spirit and the presence of God in our lives. And God has called us to be a river and a conduit, conduit of his blessing. God wants to flow through us. And so you and I have a choice. You know, are we going to use, are we going to impart to others what has been imparted? Some of us have so much that God has given us. And then we should feel a, a, a sense of responsibility, a sense of, of divine responsibility that we have been blessed with so much. And we should be able to say to people, listen, I, I might not have this or I might not have that, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. I have something that I can impart to you that will make a difference. What is that? It's the Spirit of God in us. It's what God has done in our lives. Peter and John were a channel of God's blessing. You and I have to see ourselves as a river and not a reservoir. A river promotes life while a reservoir restricts life. Rivers are active bodies of water that flow. Their banks provide fertile land for crops and vegetation. Nothing ever flows into or out of a reservoir. It just receives and receives and receives. Peter and John had received so much three and a half years walking with Jesus, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now they understood, wow, I've got something to offer somebody else. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you have something to offer somebody else. You have something. Such as I have, such as I have, give I unto you. Now, how did Peter and John have, have this boldness, this confidence? Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, when they saw their confidence, when they saw their fearlessness, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled, but they realized that they had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. Jesus. That association, that relationship that you and I are also privileged to have, to nurture, and to grow in. That relationship produces something. There was the impartation. See, as they walk with Jesus, as they had been with Jesus, who Jesus was rubbed off on them. They looked at them and they said, wait a minute, these men are untrained. It didn't mean that they were totally uneducated. It just meant that they were not trained in the rabbinical schools of their day. They weren't trained as rabbis. And when it says ignorant, it doesn't mean that they were ignorant in the sense we might use the word. What it means was that, uh, that, that they were not uh, men of, of, of great titles. They were commoners. But they perceived that they had been with Jesus. May... You know, you know, sometimes when you talk to somebody, you can perceive who they have been with. You can just pick up phraseology, terminology, words, or attitudes, or actions, or whatever, and you say, uh-oh. Not uh-oh, but aha. <laughs> they have been with so-and-so. When people, may God, may God help us that people say, wow, they've been with Jesus. They've been in prayer. They've been in the word. When we come out of that, 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 that time of fellowship with God, that, that we've received an impartation, now we have something to offer others. You see, in the life and ministry of Jesus, in his discipleship process, it wasn't about a classroom, just disseminating uh, information. A lot of times in our churches and, and, and 
Discipleship has just been reduced to a class. Take a discipleship class. Jesus didn't just have a discipleship class. He had a lifestyle of, of, of involvement and interaction and sharing and, and learning and growing together. That's why we emphasize life groups. That's why we emphasize fellowship, being with other believers, so that there can be that, that, that spiritual dynamic of the Holy Spirit working through the body. We learn and grow in with one another, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit does something special in that. They perceive that they have been with Jesus. What some of the things you, you, know, you, you, tell your, you tell your kids or you tell people, well, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. And isn't that true? Because why? People's values, people's attitudes, people's mentality rub off on us. The people we hang out with do influence us in a, in a lot of ways. Isn't that true? So they perceive that they have been with Jesus. And see that impartation, what they receive was not just head knowledge. Because you know what? You could teach people what you know, but you really impart who you are. Right, head knowledge, the knowledge of the head reaches someone else's head, head to head. But when, when you are imparting your life, you're imparting your attitudes, you're imparting your, your spirit, your, your whole being, uh, that makes a difference and, and that's really imparting who you are. You know, I, I just want to close with one last thought. You know, this whole thing of impartation, I've had people in my life over the years that, that have imparted things to me. Someone that you know very well is Dr. Wins. He discipled me, taught my wife and I as a professor at Bible college, but he also became a mentor and a, and a friend in a personal way. And, and he discipled me in several ways. One particular was missions, was, was um, predominantly uh, missions in Africa. And by his life, by uh, his ministry, by being around him, um, traveling with him, there was a spirit that, that was imparted, and that, that was the spirit of Barnabas, Barnabas spirit, of which the ministry is called, his ministry that he founded, Barnabas Ministry, which is a ministry of encouragement to pastors and leaders around the world, and especially in Africa. And, and through that, um, that rubbed off on us, right? Didn't that make a difference in our life? And it's like, it just, you just kind of sense that spirit, that impartation. And I want to encourage you to, to uh, make sure that the people that are speaking into your life are people of faith. Make, make sure the people that are speaking into your life are true to the word of God. Make sure that, that the values that they hold are, are values that are consistent with the word of God. Not with popular culture, not with what is convenient, not, not what, what, what is easy. And so through that, things can be imparted to us that you'll be able to say, listen, I don't have silver or gold, but I do have something that's powerful. I do have something that's dynamic. That impartation could be a quality, it could be a characteristic, it could be an attitude, it could be a measure of faith. And Paul talked about this. In, 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 in his epistles, and he said in Romans, he said, I want to be with you so that I can impart some spiritual gift that might establish you. This morning, I want to ask you to stand together with me, and I want to pray that in this process of becoming a, a disciple, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, we would understand the impartation, that first and foremost, Christ imparts some things to us, 
and then we're in turn able to impart them to others. Paul said, I want to impart some spiritual gift that you might be established. I believe through the discipleship process, God is going to impart some things to us, and then we in turn, as we're established, we're going to be able to impart some things to other people on a higher level. Amen. Not that we're not doing it, but God wants us to do it on a higher level. God wants to do us to do it with a greater measure of faith. Amen. Let's pray together this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the, the, the principle, the concept this morning of impartation. God, that you have imparted so much to us through our personal times, through sovereign touches, through what others have imparted to us over the years. Father God, I pray that you would quicken God and set it ablaze this morning. God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, let it burn bright in our lives. God, not only for our own good, but for that, the blessing that we can be to other people. That we, like Peter and John, might be able to say, such as I have, give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I minister life. I minister blessing. I minister faith. I minister vision. God, today, I pray over Victory Church. Lord, as we're on this journey of becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, Lord, we understand that all of us need to grow. All of us can have areas in our life where we need to grow and develop. I pray you'd bless this church. I pray you would bless this, this teaching, this concept, this, this vision of discipleship, that it would become a part of our lives. Every part of our lives would be affected. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and if you receive it, say amen. Amen, amen and amen. God bless you this morning.